bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. We've got kind of a blah day today, but I kind of like it. It's not too sunny, and it doesn't get too hot. And I may do a video review later because the sun is not blazing through here. And it just makes it a lot easier to do. So, well, let's see. The week's sort of shaping up like it usually is. And I would like to talk about, we talk a lot about story arcs and things, you know, a lot of, a lot of Game Master stuff. But today I want to talk about character, character arcs. Yeah, character arcs. Once again, this is prompted by something I saw. So I will talk about that after this. All right, character arcs. I, I just finished watching a Dungeon Craft video on YouTube by Professor Dungeon Master. I will try and put the link down, down in the description, but in case I forget, it's, it's episode 142 where he talks about character arcs, and I found it fascinating because every single point he makes is pretty much I agree with. And so I kind of wanted to relate it to my Monday, as I call them, the Monday group, because it's he, he says there's, first of all, to recap a bit, now to recap to sort of uh, give you an idea of what I'm talking about, he breaks gamers into two camps, players. The ones that like the storytelling aspect and ones who just like to play the game, a.k.a. they want to win, they want to get an advantage, they want the field advantage, things like that. And the other ones are like, they're into the character development and all this. And how he talks to one can, you know, the conflict between them and how to do character arcs for the two groups and things like that. Go ahead and watch the video. He probably puts it better than I do. But there are certain groups. In fact, this is this is what I should be telling you as a player. As a player, think about your character and think about your his develop his or her development and find what the vulnerabilities are in your in your character. And let the GM know about it if he doesn't know already or hasn't figured it out because any good GM will use that as story material. And what I mean is they'll use it as story material, but they won't take advantage of it. In other words, it's a great for plot hooks and plot developments. But at the same time, he's not, they're not going to screw your character over to do it. It's, this is a plot development for everybody in the group. And my Monday group, it's funny because it's almost second nature to them to have a character arc in their characters. Because they do think, first of all, disclaimer, if you know about my Monday group from what I've talked about here, or maybe you're in it. Hi, Carlos. I, they are all very theatrically oriented I am theatrically oriented because I'm an actor they are theatrically they are theatrically oriented because they in their spare time they do the renaissance fair thing they go to the castle of Muskogee and they have 
they they do they work the rent fair and things like that. So they're already in that mindset. But at the same time, what blows me away is okay. I'll take the two year five e arc that we did with our characters, uh, Curse of Strahd slash Tomb of Annihilation. And we had real character development because they, the guy who played the bard was really into what happened to him and the thief and, and the guy who played the, the paladin, oh my goodness, he was great. He would follow his god to the ends of the earth and back. But they had weaknesses too. I had one character who just because of his, the way his stats were and his outlook was, he tended to get charmed a lot. And he beat Lycanthropy twice. So, you know, there was a lot going on with this character. That doesn't mean there wasn't a lot going on in the group. Because they got the group got involved kind of involved in that. And it's one of those things where after a while they started looking out for his character. Either trying to protect him or just be aware of what's going on with him. And the paladin is a natural leader. And what I'm saying is the the players tend to play their characters in a rather superficial way at first, but then they start developing personalities. They always have, to me, uh, I like having a character hook when I play a character, which means that they're this way. And we're just going to go with that hook for a few games and see what happens. Some of them get the idea of a background automatically. In my Gangbusters game, uh, Ring of Fire, the the friend Gareth who played playing there, he said he wanted to play a Bowery boy grown up, and I said, okay, I can work with that, and I turned around and said, okay, you know the heroine in this story, the fi- the the boxer's girlfriend. You're her brother. He said, great. And he ran with it. And that was just one game session. I mean, well, it was a couple sessions. That's one adventure. And he ran with it. And he played it great. Let's get back to the two-year thing. The the two-year, the 5e game. It's just, we started to develop, even I started to develop my barbarian. And I made him pretty literal. He was pretty much a Drax the Destroyer clone with a few, but he started getting into different things. He actually got into his totem animal, which was a bear, and he started doing the deity's wishes and try and he i mean there was even one where he totally screwed it up, but the the deity was like, "Okay, I'll give you a pass on this." But and I'm thankful for that. He's the one who turned my character into a werebear. And I didn't even know the character development was going to happen. I mean, yeah, I did. But I mean, I had nothing planned for it. That's what I'm saying. To me, these are the best kinds of character developments. You can go in with a character hook, but then things start happening. I started following my god more and more, and I became very, very invested in that god, in that deity, in that totem. And so I had this power like I could turn into a bear. Cool. I like that. Uh, the other guy who kept getting charmed and being lycanthrope, he had the he had the burden or pleasure of having a book that he wrote when a deity gave him all this information and it's a best sell it was a best selling book. It helped us get through the thing. Our paladin. <laughs> 
he became the de facto leader of the group. It's almost like you take the storytelling. This group was like almost if you take the storytelling people and merge them with the game people because it's it was like the Avengers. If you ever watched the first Avengers movie where you know Tony Stark is the leader most of the time, most all the time. But then when they're getting to battle, Cap becomes the tactical leader. He becomes the leader. I mean, just that one where they're standing around and Tony says, call it Cap. And the minute he says that, Cap, his soldier training, his his army training kicks in and he just says, okay, you do this, you do this. Okay, we're going to, this is the way to keep him back that way. And he just goes. And this is what my group was doing. Because we would just look at the paladin or the paladin and the other guy that I was talking about, the that but because they had such a rich character in their heads they could they could do that even and my character who was like very powerful now he would just i tend to play i tend to play followers a lot you know they have quirky things and everything like that but they're followers and you know halfway through the the adventure I started like, okay, we're going to do this. He says, okay, we're going to do this. And then I turn and look at the paladin. Okay, what do you want me to do? Type of thing. And I will do it. You know, that's the kind of thing because I feel like, I felt like like my deity, you, you know, you you obey or something like that. Or, But I don't know how it went. But the point is we had character arcs. We all had character arcs. Uh, my other friend who played a dwarf with a enchanted... Um, uh, Warhammer. It, actually, he was he was a cleric, no, a dwarven cleric. I don't remember, but the point is, he had the he had um, his his uh, his his spiritual weapon was actually of his hammer focus, which was kind of had a spirit of an old west gunfighter in it. And every time he cast this, he had to roll and see if he came out and started blasting with his with his six guns or if something else happened or this. And it was really interesting. We had all these different things and it just happened because of the way people are. I know people can't always be that way. You know, there are some people who just need some help, but this is what they should think about. Think about their character. Think about their, their maybe their flaws and things like that. What can they do? What can't they do? What kind of relatives they have? Things like that. I mean, this is not anything new that I'm telling you. It's just I was fascinated by this whole character arc thing. What the weird thing about it was, or the unusual thing about it is, they did this for every game. I told you about the Gangbusters game. So I, I, was, I ran a Swords and Wizardry campaign, the Cattle Drive campaign. They did the same thing. It's like they developed their characters they had an impact on the world. When they get in an encounter, they would fall into a tactical situation and then snap out of it and become characters again. Not really snap out of it, but I mean, they blended the two. If you could do that, that is role-playing gold right there for the whole group and the game master because then you can start spinning it off into other adventures and things like that. So those are a few character art thoughts from me. And I got to go start my game, my day, start my game. Yeah, I got to start my day. So if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, 
or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again for Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan, Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. Thank you, guys. Don't forget about Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast. Mark C. Wall rings the Yawning Albert podcast, Big John Allen Larges, The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.